In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. So welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad to see you today, hear you today, have you hear us, and you are going to be glad that you're here because we've got a great guest, Nancy Siegel, who's going to be talking about how to navigate the federal hiring system. And now, Nancy is a federal HR expert. She spent years inside federal HR, and now she helps individuals get hired for federal jobs. So Nancy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Marie. I am passionate about working for the federal government and sharing what I know about navigating the system because it absolutely is a system. Uh, Yes, right. The bureaucracy is real and people need to understand that. Now, we always like to start these conversations by dispelling some myths about federal jobs. And you, you tell us that how many jobs are open and are they only in Washington, D.C.? So there are over 2 million federal jobs writ large, and there are jobs in every single state of this country, plus foreign countries. 80% of federal jobs are outside of Washington, D.C. And at any given time, there are generally at least 10,000 or more jobs open. So, The federal government is the largest employer in this country. If you are thinking about a new career or entering your career, not looking at the federal government, in my view, is a major mistake. Yeah, and we, you know, this is another perception people have is that there's only certain types of jobs. But there's jobs for everyone, and in fact, they tend to hire some underrepresented populations more, right? Absolutely. So the first piece of your question is, what does the government hire? So the government hires everything from IT people to program managers to budget people to mechanics and firefighters, and law enforcement. So the range is huge. If you can do it in the um, private sector, you can do it for the feds. The only thing that is slightly different is the government doesn't really sell in the same way that we think about sales in the private sector. But they do market, they do communicate, they do do public affairs. So those kinds of things um, are all transferable. And frankly, every job is a sales job. 
right, that communication view. piece. And we may have sales professionals listening who want to get out of sales. And how can you use those skills in the federal government? I'm sure there's lots of places they could plug in. Absolutely, because if you think about transferable skills, it's about written communication. It's about oral communication. It's about customer service. It's about analytical skills. It's about knowing your product, whether your product is something that I as an individual consumer, you know, want to buy or whether your product is a program like the PPP loan program. That was a product, you know. um, Yeah. So everything is up for grabs, really. Well, and you talk a little bit about how um, the government also has – has the oldest employees, right? That they are more, they are, they value that experience. Right. And so to your second point, if you look at the data around underrepresented groups, whether it is people of color, whether it is women, whether it is people with disabilities, whether it is people over the age of 50, the government's data and demographic information on that is higher than the private sector. And in terms of age, as one example, the average federal worker is about 15 years older than the average private sector worker. It is not at all uncommon for people to join the government, excuse me, as a second, or even third career. So the resume still shouldn't go back to 1969, but the point is you won't be thrown out automatically because of age. And so that's... So I don't know that we've ever talked about that before, Nancy. How far do you recommend people go back on a resume, federal resume, or how do they determine that? Because, of course, it's not going to be the same for everyone. Right. So the same 10 or 12 years that you would go back on a private sector resume is suitable as well for a federal resume. And like with a private sector resume, if there is experience that you have, that you just can't let go of, which is true for a lot of people, you know, create a category on your resume called earlier professional experience and key achievements, and I wouldn't put dates on it. And if you don't have any achievements, it shouldn't be on your resume at all. What you don't want to do is come across like, one of those guys, if I may be so bold, who is still talking about their high school football touchdown, and they're 60. I mean, what's the response? Have you done anything for me lately? And so the same kind of strategy um, can be employed. Now, if there are significant gaps in your experience, 
you know, then, of course, we need to be more strategic and precise about how we present. But the government does not want a functional resume. Right. Yeah, and I always tell people, you know, if you are 60, you might go a few years more than 12 because you aren't going to look 35 when you show up in the interview, so Mm -hmm. it's okay to put a few more years on there. But that's always a gray area because people have different places where they can cut off that work history and different reasons for going back. But I just, that was an area we hadn't talked about before. So that's great. Thank you. You, Yeah. You want a clean place to break. Um, And it depends on your industry. I mean, not too many people who are in IT should still be talking about how they save the day for Y2K. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. weighing word processing doesn't need to be on your resume. Yeah, those te- technology things can probably age people a lot faster than dates because you're just showing that you haven't evolved. Okay, so <laughs> beyond that, um, tell me a little bit about, first, how do people find federal jobs? What are some of the ways that they can find the jobs before we talk about how they apply. Okay. So the best place to look for jobs is usajobs.gov. usajobs.gov publishes at no cost 85 or more percent of all federal jobs. They are required, so what are called competitive service jobs, which most of us think of as real government, are required to be posted on USA Jobs. So the first thing I would do if I was interested is set up a USA Jobs account. Now, you can search USA Jobs without an account. So if you want to get a look-see and get a feel for what's available, you can do that without an account. But if you want to set up some kind of search agent where jobs are screened, pre-screened for you by location or occupation or salary, what have you, then you will need a USA Jobs account. There are some other jobs like jobs for the CIA, um, the FBI, those jobs are posted on agency websites because those are not, quote, regular government jobs. Um, that Those jobs are in what we call the accepted service. Now, I don't want to get too HR geeky here, But really, usajobs.gov should take care of almost anybody. Yeah, and it's so easy to navigate. They've made it it pretty easy to navigate recently. They've had some updates. And you recommend that people set up some job alerts so that they can get the information quickly when something new comes up, right? Absolutely. So if you have a USA Jobs account you can set up multiple alerts 
by agency, by geographic location, by salary, by occupation. And you may need to fine-tune those, you know, search parameters, but you can start to get a feel for what's available in your area or that meets your particular interests and skill sets. And I would definitely recommend that because on any given day, USA Jobs has more than 10,000 jobs posted. And I don't care how bored you are, no one wants to look at 10,000 possible job postings. So having that kind of refined search, I think, is really important. Yeah, and I that getting specific and clear is always important, but when you're going to a job board, it can really help narrow down that overwhelm. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Nancy's going to dive in a little bit to how to evaluate if you're qualified and how to start applying to these roles and some of the different aspects of it that you might uncover as you go along. So we're going to take a short break and we'll come back in just a few minutes. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking with Nancy Siegel about how you can get federal employment in the U.S. or maybe even abroad in all 50 states. Nancy, I love that you shared 80% of federal jobs are outside of D.C. So you talked a little bit about how the federal government employs a lot of people who are over age 50 doing their second or third career. But the federal government is also an employer that is a good place for people with disabilities. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Absolutely. So the government has an emphasis on hiring people with disabilities. It's called Schedule A. And if you have a disability, and the range of disabilities is huge, if you have a disability and you can get your doctor to certify such, then you are eligible for what is called direct hire, which basically means you can shortcut or short circuit the regular hiring process. And another group that attracts and has um, a lot of employees is former military members because military members with general or um, good discharges are eligible for hiring priorities and preferences. So the government is open to everybody. Yeah. Well, and that's great that they've put together programs to hire people with disabilities as well as veterans, right? There's programs for, for veterans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Lots of them. Um, some veterans that I work with are eligible to apply for the same job as many as five different ways because of the various and sundry eligibilities. But you yeah. can still get a job if you're not a veteran. There's a program for people with disabilities. There's a program for returning Peace Corps volunteers, etc. Yeah, there's a lot well, of opportunity for special, special ways to get in front of people. Absolutely. And one of the big things now, the bipartisan infrastructure bill is going to open up, and this has already started, 8,000 jobs. The government wow. is planning on hiring 8,000 people to support the bipartisan infrastructure bill. So the range of jobs is huge. It's not just engineers, um, but it also includes community planners. It includes grants management specialists. It includes financial people. It includes auditors. You know, when you think about the size and scope of the infrastructure bill, there's all kinds of opportunities. And so that's something that um, folks should look at as well. Now, those jobs are not necessarily permanent positions, but they can run for seven five to seven years, and they come with benefits. And when I talk about benefits, I mean health insurance, life insurance, right, time off. And the government is one of the few employers that still has real benefits. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And people oftentimes think of it as... um, you know, kind of hard to get into, and 
part of that might be true because of the process, but you're going to help demystify that a little bit. So tell us, we've talked about where people can find the positions. Tell us how they can figure out if they're eligible to apply or not. So I think that's a great question. So vacancy announcements or job postings, as they're more typically called in the private sector, they tell you everything you need to know about whether you're qualified for a given job, where that job is, how much it pays, because salary is public in the federal government, um, what the qualifications are, what all of the keywords are. Every single job posting is structured in exactly the same way. And so I always encourage people to spend a lot of time reading and rereading the postings. And don't forget to click on the little plus sign that says read more. Do not think you've got it all by just eyeballing what you can see. And so the qualifications are spelled out for every job. The good thing about that is you can assess yourself as a candidate on whether or not it's worth your time to apply. If you don't have the qualifications, my view is don't apply. You're wasting your time. Um, Most of these jobs, in my view, it's not about knowing you can do it, but proving you already have. And so if your experience is analogous to what they're looking for, or identical to what they're looking for, go for it. But if you're just kind of fantasizing about it, uh, (laughs) you know, you may want to rethink it. So it's not enough just to read the job posting, but most federal job postings also are accompanied by what is called an occupational questionnaire. And that questionnaire really drills down qualifications. And so I encourage everyone to look at those questionnaires before deciding if it's really, really worth it. Um, Now, those questionnaires are not always in the same place on the job posting, but it is absolutely something that folks should look for and click on because that'll really tell you exactly what needs to be in your resume and whether or not it's worth your time and brain cells. I am not about throwing pasta up against the wall um, type of approach. I believe getting a federal job is absolutely doable, but it takes three things. Applying for jobs for which you're really qualified, number one. Number two, using a federal-style resume, which is we'll talk about in a few minutes, I hope, 
is quite different than a private sector resume. And the third thing it takes is patience because the government doesn't move fast. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's an understatement. Yes, it is. There's been some um, exceptions to that recently. Well, there, there are, but when the overarching goal is for an agency to hire someone in 80 days, that kind of tells you everything you need to know. That's the goal. Yeah. I tell people that it is not uncommon for the process to take 6 to 12 or even 15 months. I'm not suggesting that that's a good thing, but that is a realistic thing, especially if the job requires a security clearance because that process isn't even started until after you're tentatively selected. Wow. Yeah. So that process is going to take some time, which means that you need to plan ahead. So if you're currently employed, but thinking about moving, now is the time (laughs) to make that application and start moving in that direction. Um, And, and when we do that, now they got, as you said, they've got a nice long announcement that they can analyze and they can find out what needs to be included in the resume. But then there are some specific things that they'll need to do differently in the resume itself. We've only got like a minute here before break. So maybe if you want to give us a few of the things that are the same between a corporate resume and a federal resume, and then we'll we'll take our break and we'll come back and dive in a little bit more. Okay, so some of the things that are the same is you want to have a qualification statement. You want to include the last 10 or 12 or whatever years of experience. You want to include the keywords from the posting. You want to use accomplishments to show your value. And you want to use numbers or metrics to give context to your work. And, of course, you're going to include your education. So... Those are the things that are similar. Excellent. So those are the things that you can expect to see on your federal resume that would also be on your corporate resume. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the differences and the things you need to be aware of when you're building that federal resume. We'll be right back after a few minutes. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, 
Get hired into the career you want and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are talking with Nancy Siegel about how you can apply to the federal government. Lots of positions available. Earlier, Nancy said 10,000 on average positions available a day, but you do have to know some specific things to get in there, and your resume is going to look different. So right before we went to the break, Nancy talked about the things that were the same, and then we might recap those and then talk about what's different when we go into writing a federal resume, Nancy. Okay. So just to recap, there are similarities. You should have some kind of qualification statement. You should have your experience. You should include your education. Of course, your experience write-ups are going to include accomplishments to show your value and they're going to include numbers to give context to your work. Your resume is going to be chronological with the most recent job first. So the basics are similar. The differences, though, are not insignificant. The ma- There's a couple of major differences, and a fundamental piece of this is that from a federal resume standpoint, if it is not on your resume, you did not do it. Federal HR people, when they review your resume, do not make assumptions, nor do they draw conclusions. So you have to spell everything out in a federal resume. A federal resume is typically four to six or seven pages. How does it get that long? It gets that long because of the level of detail which is required. Bill Gates could not get an IT job with a two-page resume in the federal government. The average federal job posting receives anywhere from 400 to 1,000 or more applications. And so it's really important that your resume cover 
everything. Yeah, and right? that's yeah, and you're going to talk as you said in more detail. And I think you said this. Um, we've had a lot of conversations recently, but that the average resume is four to six pages. Four to six or seven pages. And that's only going back 10 or so years. So please do not take your resume back to 1965, right? So the 10 years you're condensing to one or two pages on a private sector resume, you got to get that to six or seven pages, you know, maybe five. I mean, the longest federal resume I've ever seen, and this should not be a goal, it was 67 pages, and it had footnotes. Now, I am not holding that up as a model of goodness. I'm holding that up as a bad thing. There are, so the, but the level of detail, I cannot emphasize enough. So that's a huge difference. Another big difference between a private sector resume and a federal resume is what I call compliance information. And so what do I mean by that? The federal government requires that you document your citizenship. Now, when I say document, I don't mean submit a copy of your birth certificate but I do mean you should declare that you're a U.S. citizen. Okay? You are required to include the number of hours worked per week, which is something you would never do on a private sector resume. You're required to put the name of your supervisor on your resume as well as whether or not that supervisor may be contacted. You're also required to put your salary on your resume. I'm not talking about in a separate cover letter. I'm talking about on your resume. Now, I should say there are some agencies that will push you through the process without that information. But there are other agencies that will blow you out of the water immediately if you don't comply with all the rules. And so it's a level of detail and and also the kind of information. I mean, if I saw on a private sector resume the number of hours people worked a week, I mean, I wouldn't understand it. Right. And this the system walks you through that, right? You've got to answer the questions. And you said earlier that people want to make sure they answer the required questions, but that you don't necessarily want to answer questions that aren't required because that might confuse things. So in the when you set up your profile in USA Jobs, you want to make sure you answer only the required questions. But for the questionnaires that go with individual announcements, you should review those first. And if you don't have what they're looking for as indicated through the questions, you should let that posting go. Because Mm -hmm. the likelihood is you will not 
get traction on your application. Mm, that's great. Yeah, so we've really got to be careful about, um, and you said too, that if we read through those questions, one, you can figure out if you are uh, qualified or not, but two, those questions give you some insights into other content that you want to make sure you include on your resume. They are full of keywords, and basically you have to back up in your resume the answers to the questions. So that's how those things get so long. And another key thing, another key difference between private sector and feds is that USA Jobs is not an applicant tracking software system. You know, almost the entire private sector uses ATS or applicant tracking software. USA Jobs does not. What happens to your resume when you apply through USA Jobs is the the questionnaires that you fill out those are scored through automation, right, through the system. Now, anyone who scores 100, and that's an oversimplification, right, but anyone who has a certain score, a high score on those questionnaires, those resumes are um, reviewed by hand by agency HR people. And so when you think about writing your resume, it's so critical to remember who your reader is. And your reader is HR. Because if you cannot get past HR, the rest doesn't really matter. I've seen case after case where employees, existing government employees, have applied for jobs in their own offices. And HR doesn't put them through the system because they haven't done a good enough job on their resume. Right. So you just have to be very detailed and um, tell them Everything. You, you don't get yeah. to assume, don't make any assumptions or expect anyone else was, anyone else will. And they won't. They will not make assumptions or they will not draw conclusions. I work with a lot of people who are trying to transition from the private sector, and sometimes they have fancy titles, director, executive vice president, whatever. And I say things to them like, do you supervise anyone? Or do you have a budget? And they take great umbrage, typically, and say things like, well, of course I do. Look at my title. My point is, the title doesn't mean anything. I'm not going to make that assumption. If you supervise people, I need to know how many. And you need to overtly state it, not just assume that I'll get it. So the, the level of detail 
um, is critical. You, you may all put away your thesauruses, thesaurus I, you may put them away <laughs> because you want to give back what, to HR what HR told you they wanted through the job posting. Now, that doesn't mean copy and paste the posting, but it does mean use the language of the posting. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. So, Nancy, this has just been fascinating, and I'm sure people feel like they could use a little bit more. You shared that you have some other stuff out there that people can follow. Where should people go if they'd like to get some more information? So I have, there's a lot of resources on my website, www.solutions-workplace.com. I have a very active blog. Um, I have materials that will be useful. And in addition, I have a YouTube channel. You can search for me by name, Nancy Siegel, S-E-G-A-L. My YouTube channel has over 100 videos on it where I dissect this entire process. Excellent. So tell people again, Nancy Siegel, they can find you on YouTube. They can find your website. Give us that URL one more time. So it's www.solutions, S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S, dash workplace.com. Or you can Google me, Nancy Siegel, S-E-G-A-L, but you want to add resume to that because there is another Nancy Siegel who is an academic whose expertise is twins, and that is not me. Excellent. Well, we are going to say goodbye to Nancy. Thank you for sharing all of your expertise. We will come back for just a little bit, as I always do at the end. I'll give you some action items. And thank you so much, Nancy. We'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. Thank you so much, Marie. It was a pleasure. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we were talking with Nancy Siegel about federal jobs and how you can apply to a federal job. So this is just an area to start exploring if you've been thinking about what might that look like. As Nancy said at the very beginning of the show today, there are so many opportunities, every different type of work that you can think of, all the different agencies with 80% of them being outside of the DC area and even internationally, there's a lot of opportunity to transfer into the government if you have not been in that sector before, or to, to make some advancement if you already are. What you want to do to get started is really go to usajobs.gov, do some searching around, see where your skills may fit, what types of jobs are interesting, so that you can set up those announcements to really match your interests. You want to be careful when you're filling out your profile answer the questions that really need to be answered. You don't need to put in every geography. Uh, you would need to be, you know, truthful, thoughtful about how you set that up so that you can be found for the right positions and, and make a good match. You do also want to think about how you're going to adjust your resume. So Nancy talked about some of the things that are the same you're going to have you know, a strong summary that's focused towards the job you're aiming for. You're gonna have accomplishments with as much qualified, quantified data as possible. You're going to have the results that show what you've achieved, not just the duties of what you were supposed to do. That is all gonna be the same. Then there's gonna be some aspects of your federal resume that are different. She went through some of those in terms of the detail, the amount of detail you wanna have in there, you know, we don't want to just say manager. You want to actually talk about how many people you managed. You've got to list out the skill and the accomplishment or story around it, not just the titles and basic words, basic skill words, because those are not going to show that you've actually done it and they need that proof. They need the, you know, the greater detail to be able to give you credit towards those things. And it is a lot like, you know, it's credit. It's, they're checking the boxes. Do you have the requirements? You can get all of that information from the usually, especially long announcements that do list out every single thing they're looking for, print that out, highlight it, you know, use keyword analyzer systems to, to look at it. But usually it's pretty obvious. These are the words they're looking for. And you need to have points in your resume that address each one of those points from the job description. Beyond that, 
you'll usually also have some kind of questionnaire. That questionnaire is something that you want to answer in and of itself very accurately and thoroughly. But you also use that questionnaire to get some ideas in terms of other content that they might want in the resume. And as Nancy always says, if you can't answer all those questions, if you're not qualified for the job, don't apply because it's it's different than the corporate realm, right? Where someone who's 70% qualified may get the interview. They're going to go through, they're going to grade it, and, and they're only going to take people who are qualified for the job. Now, does that mean 100%? You know, probably you could apply with a little less, but if you can't answer all those questions that they're asking in the affirmative, you you may not um, even get through, and then it was kind of a waste of everyone's time. So looking at those, really analyzing the assessments, analyzing the questionnaires, analyzing the advertisement for the position, and understanding are you eligible and are you qualified. Then you can dive in and, and put that content into your resume. Again, it might be four to six, seven pages for someone who's experienced even just going back 15 to 20 years because you're going to have that data that really outlines details, speaks specifically to the types of work that you've done that matches up with the qualifications that they're looking for. If you don't spell it out, it will be as if it didn't happen, right? No one's going to make assumptions or read between the lines or fill in the blanks for you. If it's not there, it's not going to, it's not going to be considered. So start with USA Jobs, get an idea of what's available. Check out Nancy's resources. Like she said, she's got a great YouTube channel with a ton of information that you can access for free. Um, Nancy Siegel resumes, federal resume expert, you'll find her pretty easily. And um, she's also the instructor for our Academy Certified Resume Writer Federal Certification. So if you're looking for someone to help you with your federal resume, Nancy can help you as well as our graduates from that federal resume writing program. They learn, they also have to write and get feedback on their writing so that they are confident and qualified and ready to help people who are looking for federal resumes to apply to jobs. We will be back here again next week with another guest and another great topic. If you have suggestions or questions, please feel free to reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. And I was talking about the Federal Resume Writing Certification. That's through resumewritingacademy.com. And you can check out resumewritingacademy.com for that information in a directory of resume writers there as well. And if you have any other topics you'd like us to cover, we'd love to hear that. We always incorporate them into the the into our programming and are happy to answer your questions on this show. If you are, are listening to this, we'd love also if you give us a review um, in whatever platform you're on, gives you the opportunity to do that. So we will see you right back again here next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant, 
Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 